Are you wondering if you've really fallen for the right person? Do you want to know if what you're feeling is actually the real deal? You think the passionate feelings you have for someone will last forever, but all too often, you find yourself suddenly falling out of love and feeling disenchanted with them for reasons you may never fully understand. True love is about so much more than just chasing that fleeting fairy tale feeling. Here are eight definitive signs of true love. One, you understand each other. Does it feel like your partner understands you in a way that no one else ever has? Do you feel like a pair of good friends who know how to make each other laugh, comfort one another, and cheer each other up when having a bad day? Understanding is something that can only come from having a true emotional connection with someone, which is why it's so vital to making a relationship work. They see the real you and accept you for who you truly are. They love all the things that make you so special and never once judge you for your flaws or past mistakes. 2. You respect one another. Does your partner treat you as their equal? Are they willing to listen to you, value your opinions, and accept your differences? If your partner truly respects you, they won't ever try to control you or make your decisions for you because they know that you are your own person and they trust your judgment and your capabilities. Respect is a key ingredient for any strong and healthy relationship. True love can never flourish if there is no respect because it is the glue that holds relationships together. Respect is what makes you feel free to express yourself and remain honest with one another. 3. You look out for each other. Does your partner always call you to know if you got home safely or make sure you never forget to eat or buy you little gifts to make you smile? cheer you on before a big test or presentation, and offer to drive or cook for you when you're too tired. It's these little things that show the essence of true love. When you love someone, you want to do all you can to keep them safe and protect them from any harm or danger. You don't ever want anything bad to happen to them because the thought of them getting hurt is almost too much for you to bear. So you look out for them, and you don't doubt that they do the same for you too. 4. You're supportive of one another. Do you and your partner inspire each other to reach for your goals? A person who truly loves you will never try to compete with you or outdo you. They don't get insecure when they see you succeed or belittle your accomplishments. But rather, they are genuinely happy for your success and supportive of you and all of your dreams because true love means only having each other's best interests at heart. There's no jealousy or rivalry there because you both just want the same thing to see each other happy and fulfilled. Five, you're patient with each other. True love is patient, kind, and gentle. And while that certainly doesn't mean you and your partner won't ever get on each other's nerves or drive each other crazy sometimes, your love for one another is the reason why you won't ever give up on trying to make things work between you. You accept each other's Oh, goodness. Who wrote that? Walt? It was Walt. Walt Disney wrote that, didn't he? L the reason why I played it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Voice of Reason. Live on KPLA Talk 1580. You know we're going to get into this. You know we're going to get into this. I'm always coming with topics. But somebody, Goofy, wrote those rules for love. Love is what keeps me with you when I can't stand you. It's just really that simple. Love is the glue 
for when I don't like you. That's that's the adhesive, the spiritual adhesive. And let me tell you something. It works better than crazy glue, but it's way more expensive, right? Tonight's topic is about to be different now. Is this real love? A deeper look at if the love of your life is really the love of your life. Period. Is this really the love of your life? Gosh, this is going to hurt, especially after all of the topics we talked about this week. We talked about transactional love. We talked about uh, reciprocal relationships. We talked about uh, personal relationships. And as I outlined yesterday, I believe that the majority of our relationships are transactional. Okay? That's what I believe. Um, because we want something. And it, is, it doesn't always have to be we want money. Right? But there is some kind of attachment. And we talked about that yesterday. Attachment for hire. Today, we want to talk about the higher level of relating. Which is called love. Now... You've heard me say this before. Love is a bastardized term. We say we love each other, but when it comes down to making real sacrifices, and I'm talking about the sacrifice of self, it's very difficult for us to do that. And we can have stronger attachments to certain people throughout our lives, but just because the attachment is stronger doesn't necessarily mean that that attachment equals love which form of love is the truest is love more about pleasure or self-sacrifice what does real and genuine love feel like see because even the clinicians everybody's talking about you know relationships don't have to last forever and that's fine And some people will even go as far as saying love doesn't last forever. But that's because we're looking at it through the lens of toxicity. The toxicity of where we were raised, the the toxicity of the world we live in. So we've never really been able to look at at limerence, as uh, Ghetto Gourmet calls it, limerence. So we never really look at love without the filter of what we've been through. Do you know that's why it hurts so much? See, when you're betrayed, you do have a feeling of it. You recognize it. Because in some way, shape, or form, you may have been betrayed before. That's why I asked the question. What does real and genuine love look and feel like? Agree or disagree? When anyone falls in love, it is their utmost desire that the feeling would be mutual and strong that the relationship would make both parties better in the long run. However, not all relationships play out this way. Do you agree or disagree with that? Nazarene X asks a question. Does love have an opposite part 
from what is known as indifference. No, love has no opposite. That's like saying, you've heard me say before, God and love are synonymous. These are concepts that words don't do justice to, you know. God as a word comes from the German word good, gut, gut, G-U-T, gut. You add an O to God in English, it's good. You take the D off of devil, it's evil. Do, do you understand? The, the word does not really represent the reality of what we're talking about. This is why I say the term itself has been bastardized. Do you understand? <sighs> this is going to be difficult. How do you know if the love is fake? Because a person refused to give of themselves. They refused to inconvenience themselves. They refused to put themselves out. Within the relationship construct, they always put themselves first. You, your feelings, and anything else that comes along with you is not a priority. That's how you know the love is fake. If your partner can put you off indefinitely, would you call it real? 1-800-9-20-15-80. This is a discussion. This is a discussion. I need y'all to get in here and talk to me because I know nothing about love. I'm asking y'all the questions. How do you know if love is fake, how do you know it's fake love? What type of love takes precedent over all other? Does true love actually exist? What does a real relationship feel like? What makes up true love? I'm asking questions. People get caught up on the questions. Let me tell you how the questions work. The questions are used to frame the topic. People get caught up like, I want to answer that one. Or I, wanna, I don't remember the question I wanted to ask. This is me framing the topic. True or false, who am I to you needs to, be, needs to go beyond the person's feelings for you. True or false, who I am to you needs to go beyond the person's feelings for you. This is why so many people have a difficult time understanding the high level of consciousness, consciousness known as love. I believe most people are relationship agnostic. Call, challenge me. Fight me. I believe most people are relationship agnostic. So what in the Sam hell are you talking about tonight? 1-800-920-1580. Why do I say that? Agnostic. Noun. 1870s. One who professes that the existence of a first cause and the essential nature of things are not and cannot be known. We carry that mindset into relationships. 
This is why we always got to prove ourselves to our partner. Prove to me that you love me. Prove to me that you're into me. Show me. Everybody from the show me state when it comes to relationship. And the agnostic does not believe anything unless it can be proven. So when it comes to relationship, we're relationally agnostic for the most part. I told you before, spirituality is is ephemeral to the mind of most people. It is intangible to the minds of most people. It is uh, ambiguous, ambivalent, right? It can't be pulled into a tangible reality for a lot of people. Now, let me just say this. This is not to besmirch the couples out there who have actually tapped in to this source But if you sit down with them, as I have on many occasions, you're going to find that they're able to get through whatever they're going through because they have this endless repository of real love pumping through that relationship. Man, when we come forward, I'm going to the phone lines. 1-800-9-20-15-80. 1 800 9 Everybody want to talk? Let's get it! Reasons. The reasons that we're here, the reasons that we fear, our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 1580. If you are not truly in love with your partner, they're not truly in love with you. True love is a two-way experience, not one way. So if you know, for example, you're only with him because he treats you better than the rest, but you're not, no, it's not really there, all right? Then trust and believe he's not in love with you, Mm. all right? Same way if you're a man and you're only with her because the family likes her, she's she's beautiful, she's all these great things, but it's not really there. Then she's not in love with you. It doesn't work that way. So if you want to figure out there's real love, figure out that real love exists within you first. And when you can say your love is real, then yes, I do believe that you will then be able to discover that their love is real as well. But understand this, love can be real, but again, a lack of healing and fear can get in the way. Absolutely. And so there are people who truly loved you and ran from you. Love is not enough. Love is not enough. Again, a hodgepodge of ideas. Love is always enough. Always enough love is. This people don't people are describing attachment. They're not describing love. They're describing emotions. They're not describing love. You can love somebody because you are love. I agree. Love yourself. You can love somebody because you are love and they not love you back. Please understand that. (laughs) You understand? (laughs) A lot of people are mixing this thing up. Somebody in the chat asked, what is the actual definition? And when we say actual, uh, I don't think there's a universal definition here. 
but I'm going to go with the APA, Dictionary of Psychology. Its definition for love is a complex emotion involving strong feelings of affection and tenderness for the love object. Pleasurable sensations in his or her presence, devotion to his or her well-being, and sensitivity to his or her reactions to oneself. That's how the APA, Dictionary of Psychology, describes it. Clinical, scientific, but nonsensical. Nonsensical, people. Hmm? Dr. David R. Hawkins, on the other hand, who's also a medical doctor who wrote a very powerful book that was first introduced to me by Quincy Jones, Power Versus Force. Uh, he also has many other books in the Power Versus Force series where he talks about the grid of consciousness. He says, love is misunderstood to be an emotion diametrically opposed to the APA. Love is misunderstood to be an emotion. Actually, it is a state of awareness, a way of being in the world, a way of seeing oneself and others. Love for God or nature or even one's pets opens the door to spiritual inspiration, to desire to make others happy, override selfishness. I'm telling you right now, most people are relational agnostics. Okay. That's just what it is. Okay. Most people are relational agnostic. They got to be shown something. They have to be given something. They're not just emitting love outwardly just because they are love. This is why we have people saying love is not enough. This is why we have people saying love is a verb. Because you live in a transactional society. And a society that's rooted in reciprocity. And that reciprocity is always evaluated. Did you put the thought that I put into my gift, into the gift you're giving me? Do you see? This is what I'm asking. Is this real love or this is or is this just a type of attachment? Is this just a play thing? And for many people, that's what it is. Now. I see Andy telling me we got a little bit of time. I want to get to the callers. JW, South Central Los Angeles. What are your thoughts? Hey, praise God, man. You said everything I wanted to say because real, true, genuine love is when you're more concerned about another person's well-being than yours and you will be happy just making her happy. It pleases you to bring you pleasure to bring your, your spouse pleasure. For example, if you like uh, shoot 'em ups, but she likes drama or soap operas, but you take a genuine interest in something that you never cared about, and you start liking it because she gets pleasure out of it, and it brings you joy, and that's real love. And then that that's the test of time, that's commitment and loyalty, as well as when God. Uh, Recognize the marriage when you have that. Wait, uh, J Dub. J W. You cooking? 
but we up against the clock. Just stay with me. When I come forward, I'm going back to South Central Los Angeles. J-Dub is dropping it. Let's see what he got to say after we come forward. Oh, sexy, sassy. She's heavenly. A treat for the eye to see. She's real. She's oh, she's Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. Let me ask for some dating advice from Jordan Peterson. How do you find on that topic the love of your life? It's putting the cart before the horse. Here's the right question. How do I make myself into the perfect date? You answer that question, and you will not have any problem answering the previous question. It's like, what do I want in a partner? If I offered everything I could to a partner, who would I be? Ask that question, just ask. Just ask yourself, okay, I have to be the person that women would want. Okay, what do they want? Clean, that's not a bad start. Reasonably good physical shape, so healthy, productive, generous honest, willing to delay gratification. And then you think, well, how far am I from those things? And the answer is usually, man, it's a pretty horrible abyss separating you from that ideal. But the harder you work on offering other people what they need and want, the more people will line up to play with you. Wow. You know why that is such a powerful clip, Jordan Peterson? Because it's about bending the knee to other people's needs and wants. And as much as I respect Jordan Peterson, that's not love. That is performance. That's not love. That's that's performance. In other words, he's saying, just be sweet and people will want to be around you because you're sweet. I found it very difficult for people to love me as I am. There's always been a desire to change me, to shift how I am, to get me to fit into some some type of ideological construct. That's not real love. That's that's been my experience for the most part. I would say 99.999% of the time. That's been my experience. I like you. But I don't like this about you. And I don't accept that about you. And I, you know what, I would prefer. Right? I'm just saying. We talked about it yesterday. Transactional. Reciprocal. And I said yesterday, of the three models we put in front of you, transactional, reciprocal, and personal. When we talk about love, we're talking about The ego is out of it. I love you because I am love. Do do you hear that? Not I love you because I want it back. Love can't be invested. Love is not a commodity. Do, Do you understand? 
I love you because I am love. And you can tell the liars, the love liars. Oh, I love animals. Well, if you love animals more than you love human beings, you're not loving. You're just shifting your focus. You get some people who think because they love animals that they are loving. No, you're just loving what you can love. <laughs> well, maybe animals give it back to you, right? I'm sorry. Maybe animals show it like, oh, here you go. You can have it back. Because you're looking to get it back. You're transactional. If you are love. It doesn't matter if you get it back because in the giving of love, you're never losing any love. Oh, okay. All right. JW, get back in here. South Central, finish your thought. Yes, sir. Uh, just like if you are truly a person that's conscious of God's presence where God abides in you, and you have that genuine love that comes from God, which is spiritual or higher consciousness, and you realize and you can sense and be aware of that consciousness, then you will be selfishness towards the person that's supposed to be your soulmate if you genuinely equally yoke with that person, because that person is actually a part of you. And as I was about to say, God does not recognize the marriage just on the bowels, but once you have sex and you have that consummation and the man penetrates the woman, then you become one unit of one whole complete person. You're combined together. That's where your connection comes from, or as you would say, that bond. And it's a spiritual bond that translates into a, a physical, tangible bond in terms of marriage and making a covenant on earth. End story. Thank you, brother. I appreciate the insight. You brought South Central in the building. Please, please, please give me a call and get involved in this conversation. 1-800-920-1580. Dr. David R. Hawkins puts it this way. The crucial point is... By changing ourselves, we change the world. As we become more loving on the inside, healing occurs on the outside. Much like the rising of the sea level lifts all ships, so the radiance of unconditional love within a human heart lifts all life. Dr. David R. Hawkins, letting go. The pathway to surrender. He also says, but ourself with a small s actually enjoys an impoverished life and all the negativity that goes with it. Feeling unworthy, being invalidated, judging others and ourselves, being inflated, always. Wow. Wow. Always winning. And being right, grieving the past, fearing the future, nursing our wounds, craving assurance, and seeking love instead of giving it. Dr. David R. Hawkins. I, I, it's so much said right there. So much. 
Let me do it again. The small self, he spells with a lowercase s, to denote the ego. When he puts the self in the uppercase with the capital S, he's talking about the oversoul or what the Yoruba people would call your ori, your conscious cord that ties you to Oludumare or what the Muslims would call Allahu subhanahu wa ta'ala, what the Christians would call God Almighty, that thing that connects you to source. Right? That's the capital S. That is yourself without your ego. If your ego is in play, it is difficult to love. It is difficult to bond. I I know people don't want to hear it that way, but that's what it is. When I come forward, I'm going to go to the phone lines again, but I'm definitely going to read this quote again because there was so much meat on it. I want you to hear it again. When we come forward, more from the Voice of Reason. Is it good to you? More Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams when we come forward. Hey, turn, turn it off. Ain't nobody cherishing love. <laughs> cherishing the fact, okay, I got somebody, you know, I... All right. <laughs> I just, listen, I know sometimes I'll be cracking jokes or whatever, but I'm serious. If you cherish yourself, you can cherish your partner. Right? I cherish me. I do. I love me. I do. Right? Uh, I know I am broken in more ways than you could count. I am infinitely broken. But I love me. I love me completely. And so sometimes I'm in, in relationships, I'll create that standard. I'll say, because I empathize with my wounds. Can you empathize with the wounded person that stands in front of you? Not by just giving me a chance to be with you, but truly empathizing with me as the person I am. We asked that question earlier in the show, and I pose it to you guys. Right? Where's the question at? Right? The the question of, do you accept me? You know, who am I to you? How do I matter to you? And I'm not talking about outside of sex. I'm not talking about outside of security. How do I, as the person, matter to you? Well, if you don't matter to you, it would be foolish of me to expect me to matter to you. Let's just keep it real. We've got callers. People want to jump in. Let's get it cracking. Sean, Oakland, California, get in here. Hey, brother. So, wow, a lot to unpack. But number one, um, you hit the the one word that is the most um, controversial and complicated word on the planet Earth, which is love. Okay, there's no doubt about it. Because, look, I'm an older person, 
just put that out there. But if you think back when you're a young person, because I love to do that because I have children and I'm trying to like, you know, make sure that I can give them, you know, some wisdom, even though I know some of the time they're not going to listen to any of it because I didn't listen to some of the wisdom either. But do you remember like a million times? Well, hopefully a million. I was lucky. I, was, I had a lot of people that liked me, right? Which is also another problem. But when they liked you, there was a few that said, I love you. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, hey. I didn't know what to make of that because I thought that was so serious, so magnanimous that I couldn't deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't say that a whole lot, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I totally respected the person that did it because that's a sign of respect. It's like, my goodness, you love me? My goodness, we barely know each other. But I thought that was very cool. Mm-hmm. As I got older, I realized that, uh, you know, that meant I was making them, I was showing them a sign of respect. That we were both kind of in this little tangle together. And, and it was a process agenda. And we were kind of just moving through this young life together and all of that. And um, saying I love you back was really hard when I was young. Mm-hmm. Now, let me just fast forward. All right. So now I've been married all these years and all blah, blah, blah. Right. You know what it really breaks down to? I say I love you to lots of people. Brother Zoe, I do love you. I love you because you've been there as a champion for other people. I love you because you've been really cool to me. But even if you weren't cool to me, I can see what you're doing for other people or trying to do for other people. Mm-hmm. See, people, when you kind of go through this growth process, you don't have to have a relationship that lasts a long time. There are some people that I know that have never been married, don't have kids, and they are the most amazing people on the planet. So don't judge yourself because you don't live up to the ideal of someone else. Right. Never do that. Right. Because you can, you can go through this world and be the most amazing person and never be in that relationship that is the fantasy of Disneyland, which I love Disneyland, but, you know, it is Disneyland. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But all I got to say is love the people around you that love you and lift you up and lift other people up. Do the best you can because life it throws you curveballs, hits you upside the head every day and twice on Sunday. But if you're the person everyone's looking towards, do your best to just kind of lift them up just a little bit. If you can just do that, edge plus one, the edge of lifting them up times a millimeter, you're going to be doing good work Man, in I this love world. It. I love it, Sean. I love it. I love it. I love it. My brother, Sean, Oakland, California, always cooking. Thank you, man. If you want to bring your city in the building, you know what you got to do. Just call me at 1-800-920-1580. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I want you to lean in to the speaker. I want you to lean in. If you're in your car, turn it up right now. Turn it up. Turn it up. Turn it up. If you're in your car, if you're on your cell phone, turn it all the way up. I'm I'm about to say something that's, that's, that's really controversial. Love is a liar. The love that comes from humans is flawed unless they're God-realized. 
And yes, people who are a work in progress can love you and still hurt you and still lie to you. Does it mean they 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 didn't love you? No. Just means that they're flawed and they still have stuff they got to work on. It doesn't mean that they don't love you. They may not know how to love you. But it doesn't mean they don't love you. Love coming from a work in progress will always be somewhat tainted. This is why I'm always challenging people who have this imbalanced this imbalanced uh, ideation of love, right? Meaning, love will never hurt you. Love will never uh, uh, dishonor you. Love will never treat you bad. That is a lie. You're talking about human beings who the, uh, the love bell has been rung and they don't know what to do with it. I'm one of those people. I've been in love with people and not known and not known how to deal with it or process it. The problem is when you're in love with a work in progress and you yourself are a work in progress, any infraction puts the relationship in peril. Somebody told you love is perfect. Only when you reach a certain level of consciousness is love perfect. But if you love somebody and the two of you are still working through who you are and what you're about. If you want that relationship to succeed, you're going to have to make space for each other's humanity. You're not making space for each other's humanity if you keep bringing up infractions that were done in the past. Oh. The love is diluted. Or you're losing some access to the purity of love. Because you're bringing a lower self-consciousness into the fray of it. If love made you stay, then love should make you work on yourself. Wow. I'm, I'm still recooking beef. I'm still rehashing things that should have been done with. I don't know. Is the love real? I'm going to ask you again. When we come forward, Zoe Williams going to keep cooking and we going back to the phone lines. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica. Here are eight definitive signs someone's love is fake. One, they change you. Not for the better. Ever since you started dating your partner is, you've changed. The only comment you hear from your close ones, do they say you seem less lively and upbeat now? Or that you've lost your usual confidence, wit, or charm? Your partner makes you feel like you have to change or hide certain aspects of yourself just to please them. You never feel like you can really be yourself around them. And that's a definite red flag. Remember, true love doesn't take away from your shine or your spirit. Two, they control you. Does your partner tell you who you can and can't go out with? Do they dictate what you can and can't wear or what time you need to be home? Are they the ones who always get to choose where you go or where you eat or what you do together? In a healthy relationship, 
You and your partner don't control one another. True love lets you be your own person, while fake love doesn't. Three, they don't trust you. Is your partner distrustful, wary, and overly suspicious? Do they fail to respect your privacy and read all your text messages just to get some peace of mind? Another sign of fake love is constant, unreasonable jealousy. Your partner doesn't have faith in you and they don't believe you'll stay loyal to them. They don't feel comfortable letting you hang out with your friends when they're not around. They don't want you to spend too much time away from them and they need to know where you are and what you're doing at all times. Four, they don't prioritize you. Do you and your significant other barely see each other anymore? Do they take forever to reply to your texts or frequently cancel on you at the last minute because something came up? No matter how understanding you might try to be with them, you need to realize that all these behaviors show that your partner doesn't see you as a priority in their life. Because no matter how busy they say they are, if they really love you and wanna be with you, they'll do their best to make time for you instead of just giving you empty excuses and half-hearted promises. Five, they're emotionally distant. Is your partner cold, distant, or detached? Does it seem like they aren't even trying to build emotional intimacy? If you and your partner can't connect with one another on an emotional level, then it's a sign that they don't really love you. Your partner doesn't open up to you or share their feelings with you. They don't comfort you when you're down or share your happiness with your success. Well, then there's nothing deep or meaningful about your relationship. It's like they're a stone wall that you're never gonna be able to climb, not unless they let down their guard with you. Six, they seem uninterested. Aside from being emotionally distant, your partner just doesn't seem interested in you or your life. They don't ask you about your interests, passions, or goals. They're not curious about your thoughts and feelings, and they don't make any effort to get to know you better. They seem bored whenever you talk about your friends or family, and they never make plans together with you. Fake love is apathetic and uninvolved. Fake love is apathetic and uninvolved. Now, let me just say, I don't 100% agree with, agree with these clips because the, you can hear the agenda behind how they're written. Just remember, when you're reading stuff like this or when you're studying stuff like this, you have to be somewhat of a skeptic of the information, right? And the reason why I say that is whenever you see absolutes, you know, I, when studying this topic, the only thing that came up was signs he doesn't love you. Not signs he or she don't love you, but signs he don't love you. Do you understand? So when, that's why when somebody speaks in absolutes, I, 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 it reminds me of uh, Star Wars. Only a Sith deals in absolutes you will try Anakin the Chancellor is evil <laughs> that's all I'm saying Andy get in here <laughs> man I'm glad you kind of said that cuz as um as the video was playing or whatnot it got me thinking back to my days when you know <clears throat> I was out here dating or whatnot and it reminded me of this one particular woman who um if I never texted her, if I never called her, I would never hear from her at all. Now, if I reach out to her, you know what I'm saying? She 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 welcomes me with open arms. What's cracking? What you want to do? This, that, and the third. But it was never like, I never got the indication from her that she was interested. 
And it got me thinking like. It, but what if she was your woman and you text her and she doesn't respond? Then it's a problem. And then you got to call her. Then it's a problem. Do you see? Just because you're mad doesn't mean you abdicate your relationship duties. Right. And even if you text back and say, you know what, now's not the time. I really don't feel like talking. That's a show of consideration. Can we put a pin in it and talk a little bit later? What are your thoughts, Andy? I mean, I'm with that 100 percent. I mean, I feel like that's that's the little bit that you could do. I mean, especially in a relationship. But once again, going back to when I was dating, trying to court somebody. Where, where's 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 the communication at? Where's the interest from you? You know what I'm saying? So, mm. I don't know. It just, it, it kind of triggered me a little bit right there. Heavy stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason is on fire. Is it real? We talked about it earlier this week. It's going to either be transactional, reciprocal, or personal. And I, t- I told y'all, most of us don't have personal relationships, meaning where we are invested in the well-being of the other person. We might do things, listen to what I'm about to say, to show investment, to show engagement, but that's usually just a show. Do you understand? Let me read it one more time before I get to Atala. But ourself with a small s actually enjoys an impoverished life. And all the negativity that goes with it, feeling unworthy, being invalidated, uh, judging others and ourselves, being inflated, always winning and being right, grieving the past, uh, uh, fearing the future, nursing our wounds, many of us, including myself, guilty of that, nursing our wounds, keeping them healthy, keeping an IV in the wound, craving assurance, and seeking love instead of giving it. You're not supposed to look for love. You're supposed to cultivate love from within. The next piece, see how this resonates. If you're with somebody like this, you're going to know it. The insecure person is fearful and prone to jealousy, clinging, possessiveness, and attachment in relationships, an approach that always brings frustration. The purpose of these feelings is to bind and tightly possess the other, to achieve security by preventing loss at times, to punish the other for our own fear of loss. Again, these attitudes tend to bring into manifestation the very, this is heavy, the very thing that we are holding in our mind. The other person now feeling pressured by our energy of dependency and possessiveness has an inner impulse to run for freedom, to withdraw, to detach and to be uh, and to be uh, the very thing that we fear the most. These attitudes lead lead to constantly wanting to influence others because people intuitively pick up our wish to control them they their response is to resist do you hear that? their response is to resist so the only way to bring about relinquishment 
of their resisting us is to let go of wanting to influence them in the first place. This means letting go of your inner fears as they come up. This is Dr. David R. Hawkins, letting go the pathway of surrender. Now let me come back. When you're a man such as myself, I'll get to a point where I'll just say, all right, never mind. It's fine. Do what is best for you. Then you get hit with, oh, you're being indifferent. No, it's I'm letting go of the fight. I'm letting go of the struggle. I can't force understanding upon you as you can't force understanding upon me. And if we're at an understanding impasse, what is left to do? Keep arguing? No. I will relinquish even sharing my feelings in this moment because, as Krishnamurti said, what are we, we're not really listening. We're interpreting. Then you wonder why the relationships don't last because there's no real spiritual adhesive. This is what I call love. Love is the spiritual adhesive. We got folks on the line. They want to talk. I'll tell her, Houston, Texas, get in here. Zo, what's going on? How are you? Oh, man, I'm in here cutting up on a Thursday, which is my Friday. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so I wanted to kind of speak on something um, that, I don't know, maybe you've already kind of addressed it, but I think something else that people struggle with, and I've struggled with this as well, is um, not having a self. Hmm. So it's don't have self how are you going to possibly love another person and i mean to give you more context um growing up i think the message that was taught to me was that i had to reject myself in order to love other people and it's kind of like what you were speaking to there's always this i love you but or it would be nice to love you but this is wrong or that is wrong or it'd be nice if you didn't do this um and so i think in kind of relinquishing that and letting go of um, caring about what other people think, then you have to build yourself. And so if I'm in the process of building myself, how do I love someone else at the same time? Hmm. Is that possible? That is a very powerful question. Are you saying you lack knowledge of self? You don't have a self-concept? I am in the process of building one, um, of building what that means for me. But I think in terms of shutting out the voices of other people, that's where I'm at right now, is not letting their concepts or their ideas influence the concept of who I actually am. Huh. I think you have a self. Yeah. I've spoken to you. No, I know I have myself. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Yeah. I got to define that and express that to someone else in a way that um, they can clearly see me. Because that, that's another thing, too. Like, my personality, like, I easily reflect someone back to themselves. And it's, I think we all do that. But it's just, it's naturally rooted within me. I've been doing this since I was a child. And now I'm conscious of what I'm doing. And right. so um, I think telltale sign is of dealing with someone who doesn't love themselves. I always tell because if I reflected you back to you, and you got upset, <laughs> or you you run away, I'm like, oh, they don't, they don't love themselves. 
but I think that well, let's 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 wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's unpack that little piece right there. If I reflect you mm-hmm. back to yourself and you got upset, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. now we have to ask, what is the intention behind the intentional reflection? Um, See, because reflect relationships are reflective of their own on their own. Mm -hmm. So when you say when I reflect you back to you, I'm going to say, what was your intention for sending that particular reflection? Mm, I guess there was like a this is kind of like we talked about on the Saturday, right? Me and my boundary issue, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe there was something that I wanted the person to see about themselves. So I showed it to them. Mm, so you John coffeed him. Take my hand, I boss. I got <laughs> to give you a piece of myself. I got to show you what nah, Bob but, but, did. Hey, but, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a good example, though, because think about what happens with John Coffey, right? And how the more he intakes the sicknesses and the diseases and the faults of others, what that does to him on the inside. Um, and so walking through life in that way is hard. It's hard. And I think that I'm like trying to release that because I feel like I need to, again, spend more time inward rather uh-huh. than others focused. So a couple of things. Your voice matters, especially to you. Your voice matters. And speaking up for yourself is a good thing. But you also need to be judicious with your words, right? You also also need need to be economical with your words. See, we live in a time where it's about my truth and what I need to say and what I want to get off. And it's really childish and unintelligent to just get that off for yourself. Listen to what I mean by that. Many people don't care if they're understood. So if you don't care if you're understood, why are you talking? If you're talking to an unwilling ear, why are you wasting your words? It's your ego that's saying, at least I told you. Right? At least I let you know how I feel. Do you see what I'm saying? Your your higher self, your more evolved self, will be like, you know what? I'll pass. Never mind, Mm -hmm. because I could tell you're resistant in your spirit to actually hearing what I'm trying to say. And if you're resistant, but do you see if you're resistant in your spirit to hear what I'm trying to say, that means you don't want to understand me. In other words, you are not understanding it's just a waste. No, I'm in that exact. Oh my god, I'm so, in that exact. So stay with me, Atala. Right stay yeah. with me. When we come forward, we going back to Houston. It's about to get even hotter. Reasons. The reasons that we're here. The reasons that we fear. Our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 1580. Turn this off. Let me tell you why this gotta go off. I love Prince. That's one of my favorite Prince records from one of his fa- from one of his best albums, Purple Rain. Ain't nobody dying for you but Jesus. Huh? <laughs> if you got somebody in your life that will die for you, you are lucky and you're one of the rare ones. Okay? But the average person 
<laughs> I'm sorry. The average person ain't loving you like that. I know people don't want to hear it. This is it's a tough topic to get through. Right? In a genuine relationship, there is an outward flow of open, alert attention towards the other person in which there is no wanting whatsoever. That's Eckhart Tolle. Right? In a genuine relationship, there is an outward flow of open, alert attention towards the other person in which there is no wanting at all. I read it because I struggle with it. I want the alert attention, but not attention like Instagram. I want attentiveness, being self-attentive. Being relationally attentive, being attentive of your significant other, being attentive of the union that the two of you are cultivating. This is why I struggle with that. That's why I read it twice. In which there is no wanting at all. Now, where I do agree on this aspect. When you become love, you don't want love. You're just okay with giving it. We're talking high level stuff here. We're not talking about the transactional stuff that we deal with on a day to day basis. I want a woman who could cook for me. I want a man who could pay my bills. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a higher level of bonding. Where we are more in a state of recognition of who we are. Recognition and acceptance of who we are than asking for things. 1-800-920-158. Let's get back to the calls. Atala, Houston, Texas. Get in here. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, okay. So to what you just said, you said when you become love, you don't want love. Could you argue that when you become love, you don't necessarily want love because you you already have it. You just attracted. Like love begets more love. How about it? I don't know. Does that make sense? But frustration begets more frustration. Disappointment begets more disappointment. Why? Because typically mm-hmm. that's what we're focused on. Mm-hmm. So if, if so, if you go ahead. Sorry, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, no, so okay. So let's say you become love. Where would your focus be? Watch this. On all that is loving. You'll see it everywhere. Have you ever experienced buying a car and then once you buy the car, you start to see your car everywhere? (laughs) (laughs) See, when you become love, you start to see it everywhere in everybody. See, there was a clip that I shared on Instagram the other day. My daughter sent it to me. And she said, is this too far? It was a clip of a man who was talking about the man who murdered his son, his 16-year-old boy. Murdered him. Mm -hmm. And he 
wrote this guy a letter while he was in prison. Unbeknownst to him, the guy who murdered his son said, if I ever hear from him, I'm going to sincerely apologize. So the man mm. wrote a letter. The inmate, the killer of his son, responded. And in that response, he said, I will devote my life to you. He apologized to him. He said, I will devote my life to you. If you adopt me as your son. What? And the man adopted him. What? So people don't know about forgiveness. People don't know about love. People are selfish. When we come forward, I'm going to finish what? with Atala. We on fire tonight. So, what we hold in consciousness and our intention actually influences the total field. So what can we do for mankind? We can be the most forgiving, loving, understanding, compassionate, kind person we can be towards all of life. The reverence for all of life in all of its expressions. The little black beetle laying on its back and his little legs are He's saying, help me, help me. <laughs> you try to walk away and <laughs> you have to go back and turn him over. <laughs> Why? Because that's what you have become. See? You have the option to say, <laughs> and squash them right there. I hate beetles, they stink. <laughs> all right. So we have the option then at all times, at all times. And here we are on this planet, on this island on some trajectory, a migration, evolutionary migration of our spirit. And here we mm, bless by our attitude all that we encounter. In so doing, we raise the level of the sea. And by raising the level of the sea, these people at the bottom of the maps are lifted up by the buoyancy of the water, not by cause and effect. Giving them money increases the poverty. In Haiti, the more money you gave them, the worse the poverty got. Now, it's not money. It's a matter of consciousness. What causes people to be at the bottom is their level of consciousness. So what we do for all of mankind is to be as loving towards all of life as we can be, thereby blessing all of mankind, thereby raising its level of consciousness, thereby lifting all with us. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason. That was the legendary Dr. David R. Hawking. Man, loving towards it all. But all of that is moot if you're not loving towards yourself. Do you, do you understand how you turn into a love thespian? You're a love actor if you're loving everything else. If you're pouring into everybody else except yourself, it starts with you. Atala, Houston, get back in here and wrap your thought. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, no, you're exactly right. Um, a love actor. Mm. <laughs> mm. A love actor. I mean, uh, mm. I mean, I, as someone who in childhood and for the past few years has internalized love as an act, as doing, and is trying to walk into understanding love as being, it's a it's a rough road. <laughs> it's a rough road, but it's it's a necessary one. And it kind of made me think about um, Lecture 5 in a Shrouded Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all, get it, get it, get it. So you said you have a section that says looking toward the dark light, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if I'm going to perfect love on myself, in the words of Francis Scoville, um, then the only way to do that is to look toward the dark light, right? Right. Um, and so if I'm doing that, if I'm looking toward the dark light, seeing the dark light in my partner, right, um, is it smooth sailing from there? How do we ever get to the place where, you know, my lighthouse is calling to someone else and it's, it's, it's work, but it's, it's still smooth. Like it's a transition. I don't know. So, and, and I think that's the, that's another problem that we have. We think at some point it's gonna be smooth sailing, but Biggie mm. Biggie said it differently than say the three initiates, the three initiates who wrote the book The Kabbalion. What they say is the higher you go up in consciousness, the more complicated life becomes, and the more difficult the problems you face are. Biggie Smalls, the mm. notorious B.I.G., said, "More money, more problems." Hmm. See, so we have it in our mind that at some point it's just going to be this space of ease. But imagine if you're self-realized living in the squalor of a toxic, materialistic, transactional society trying to have a conversation with somebody. Yes. (laughs) Do you see? So it's not about looking for the easy route. It's being thankful that you were able to reach a certain level of consciousness that knows the difference. Do you see? Makes sense. Now, let me give you this. It makes sense. You started this with knowledge, you know, you not having a self. Krishnamurti says it this way. The more you know yourself, the more clarity there is. Self-knowledge mm-hmm. has no end. You don't come to an achievement. You don't come to a conclusion. It is an endless river. Now, when he's talking of uh, knowledge of self, he's not talking about the egoic piece. He's talking about the super self that Dr. David R. Hawkins uh, uh, accentuated or italicized with a large S. He's saying when you tap into your higher self, that knowledge of self never ends. And it puts the ego self, the egoic self, in its place. It doesn't let the ego say, I'm the best, I'm the baddest. This is where humility flows from. So you do have a self, sister. Oh yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't deny that. I know that I didn't grow up with a concept, self concept, and I've had to develop one. 
Um, but I would say that I would rather this be my journey than to have a journey of constantly fixing masks, right, all the time. Ooh. I'm finally letting that go. And it's it's a good feeling, bro. <laughs> it's good. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Atala. We appreciate the call. Let's get some more callers in here. Listen, if you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. Who's been on the line the longest? Mimi, Jacksonville, Florida. Get in here. Hey, Zoe. Hey, everyone. Hi, Mimi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a powerful show, a powerful topic. And... um. Before I say what I wanted to say, I just want to say when Andy was saying uh, someone that he was dating, courting in the past, you know, I think maybe she wanted to be chased, you know, because I know when I was younger, and even now, you know, being in relationships and you're together and you love each other and you're calling, but sometimes it felt like they gave me the... Well, my ex said, you know, you're calling too much. You're checking on me too much. But I didn't say that when he called and checked on me, so I was like, that's weird. You know, I thought that when you cared about each other, loved each other, that it was a good thing to, you know, check on each other. Wow, he didn't want you checking on him. And yes, well, there's there's such a thing as being too hands on and helicoptery as a as a as a you know significant other, uh, and and maybe you guys should have had a talk about boundaries, right? So there's so you but, can call but too wait, much. But wait, Mimi, hold on. When we come forward, we're going back to Jacksonville, Florida, so Mimi can finish this thought because I really want to talk to her about this. Let's go. Is it good to you? Good to you. More voice of reason with Zoe Williams when we come forward. Friends and family, the voice of reason, wrapping up another strong week of very deep topics. We got to have these conversations. No matter how uncomfortable they get, we got to have them. And fortunate for me, I can have them on the radio. <laughs> hey, let's get to Mimi from Jacksonville. She has some thoughts she wanted to wrap up. To- Come on in here, Mimi. You were saying something hey, before. Hey, so. Hey, before we came forward, you were mm-hmm. saying something that was very interesting. Go ahead. I was saying that um, Andy, his lady friend, she probably wanted to be chased. And I know that um, my ex, you know, we were together, you know, and I would call and check on him. And no, it wasn't like I'm calling, calling, texting, texting. But, you know, we were in a serious, committed, monogamous, loving, not perfect relationship. So I thought it was reasonable to call and check on my man. And I thought it was reasonable for him to check on me. But when I called him, he said, you know, you're calling a bit too much, babe. But when he called me... It wasn't a problem. Mimi, would you say checking and chasing are two sides of the same coin? I don't chase. And I'm not trying to be funny. I mean... I didn't say you chased. I'm saying if you like to be chased, right, mm -hmm. wouldn't you say Mm -hmm. checking on somebody is the opposite side of the coin of wanting to be chased? Okay, that's fair. Yeah. 
That's fair. And that's all I'm saying. And that might not be true, but it sounds like it's true for your situation. You chased me. <laughs> you caught me. Now I'm going to check up on you. Wow. So I can't say, how are you doing today, honey? I, I didn't say. I, 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 did, I didn't say. But before mm -hmm. we came forward, I said, yo, can y'all sit down or should you guys have sat down and talked about boundaries? I guess so. I never thought about that at the time. I didn't know there were boundaries to communication. I mean, as far as, I mean, being respectful, yes, but as far as talking, I, I never I never thought of boundaries in communication other than just, you know, tone and delivery, being right. respectful. Right. But, but I'm saying that could have been an issue for him, and him yeah. saying what he said, in my yeah. opinion, warranted... Uh, more investigation. Let me let me ask you more questions. What is this about? Uh, you know, do you do you really think I call too much? Why do you think that? Uh, uh, what is your experience with people calling you too much? Get some information, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but you got offended, that. didn't you? I was. Yeah, I was hurt. I was confused and hurt because. Was I his thought, was his tone and delivery off when he gave when he said, "Hey, you calling too much, babe?" Because you you added, "Babe," so he must have been nice when he said it. No, no, he wasn't mean or anything. He was, you know, he was nice, but I was offended mm -hmm. because I thought I thought it was odd, you know. So you were judging like, him? Yes, I was judging him. I thought it was odd. That's what know? I'm saying. This is where these conversations come into play. It's not my intention to make you feel uncomfortable by checking on you. How many times would you like for me to check on you? And maybe I can adjust that, right, mm -hmm. if it's reasonable. I would like to check on you maybe once every other day or maybe once a day. Or You said it's a serious relationship, and typically people in serious relationships see each other every day or talk to each other every day. So, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you guys work out the parameters of that. Well, you gave me some food for thought. So for next relationship, I should have we should have that discussion. Well, we appreciate I should just you. assume. We appreciate you, Mimi. Stop assuming because your feelings was hurt. We love you, Mimi. Jacksonville, <laughs> Florida is in the building because of Mimi. Let's get on over to Dallas, Texas. True Measy, true monger. I know he got some fire. Yes, sir. Talk to me, man. Tell me what we got. Oh, man. This topic here. Um <laughs> It, it can be tough, man, because you want to get to that stage where you're being instead of trying to do love. But at the same time, as you're experiencing all that, you're still feeling the pain and all the feelings that come with that while you're trying to be instead of doing. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, all, it's a tough process, but I think a lot of people try to avoid that because they don't want to go through the discomfort of it. But I'm like, if you don't go through a discomfort of anything, you'll never progress. You'll just regress. So it's better to embrace that process and continue to learn as you're going through it. Learn from your mistakes. Learn from what you do well. You know, everything you, that you try may come with good intentions, but it might not always be received the same. And you got to embrace that part of it as well because, that person might not understand where you're coming from at that point. They might not recognize that you're trying to be instead of just putting on an act. 
I'm 100 percent with you, brother. I mean, like, what do you want me to say? I, I'm already on board with you right now. You cooking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I mean, I've, I've I've experienced trying to going towards more of being, but I still find myself at times getting upset or getting frustrated when people aren't recognizing what it is I'm actually being, and then I kind of have to take a couple steps back and make sure I don't go back into the, into that judgment space. That's wise, man. That's wise information. Okay. Brother, true, we appreciate you, brother. Thank you for cooking with me tonight. Nothing but jewels. Thank you, thank you, thank you, man. Let me wrap this thing up. Oh, gosh. This is just hard work, man. Relationships, they're hard work, man. Sometimes we just misinterpret each other sometimes we lose sight of one another and it's it's frustrating but we find ourselves losing sight of one another love is not an image destroy the image of love throw it out if i say something to hurt you 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 put an image with it And now you have a picture and a face and a moment to identify that hurt. And you carry it with you into the future. If you love somebody, you don't love them through the image of what they've done or what they do or how they provide. You love them. Now, parenthetically, let me just say this. You do not love an abuser. Right? Someone who wants to abuse you. Someone who intentionally tries to hurt you. But you do love a human, someone who is flawed. Someone who has their own personal challenges. And that's hard to do that. And, you know, considering the type of society in which we live, we all struggle to try to maintain this balance. But it is the balance that we need in order to heal. I want... Love, that represents how I love me, right? In other words, how I've accepted me, how I have approved of my weaknesses, not encouraged them, not allowed them to stay where they are, but to work on them and constantly nurture them to the point where they are no longer a hindrance to me. I want somebody to care for me the way I'm trying to raise these wounds, If you get that, you're in a special place. I started the conversation. You finish it. The Voice of Reason has been on fire all week. My homeboy Danny Morrison has too. When we come forward, that's the next voice you're going to hear. I'll see y'all Monday. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.